Hey, everybody, welcome to Conviction, where we feel a conviction to discuss questions and topics surrounding church culture, ministry, and just general life as a Jesus follower. My name's Parker. And my name's Caleb. And today, the question that we are kicking off with is how do you keep faith alive when you're tired? Caleb, do you have any initial thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. So I had sent this one in our group chat earlier and we we're just trying to think about topics and things to discuss and that sort of a thing. And uh, I would say a, a distinction for this is I'm not necessarily talking about like when you're burnt out and like at the end of yourself. Like I think there's a difference between tired and being like just just like done. Like you're like, oh my gosh, I'm at the end of my rope. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people are tired. I think like the general response many people have in life is like, yeah, I'm just kind of tired. Right. And there is a lot of there's a lot of tired people that then struggle to like honor the commitment they've made within their faith at times or to practice their faith and i think it leads us to this moment of having to ask ourselves hey when we are tired what are the things we do to help keep our faith alive because at the end of the day something i think we have to hold pretty seriously is that there are things we can compromise on in our lives there are things and not compromises in terms of like our character going down or like we're doing more morally bad things, but there's things that we could give up that we could lay down and say, Hey, I'm tired. I'm at, I'm at the end of myself a little bit. I need to rest up and rejuvenate. Faith should not be one of those things that we look and say, Hey, I'm just kind of tired right now. So I'm going to give these things up. Like, for example, I think there's a lot of people that would look and say, yeah, I'm just kind of tired. I'm not going to go to church today. Hey, I'm kind of tired. Uh, I'm not going to read my Bible. Hey, I'm kind of tired. I'm not going to pray. Hey, I'm kind of tired. And like we end up turning to these short lived solutions to get, you know, filled back up, to get rejuvenated. But it's not lasting things. It's not things that are going to actually help us, you know, have an eternity of refreshment, right? Those kind of things. Um, you know, like I, I love Netflix. I love watching different shows and documentaries and movies and all of those things. But like, that is not going to refresh me in the same way as like our church does a Sunday evening prayer time is going to that time and being around other believers and praying for an hour together. Like that refreshes me just in a different way. And I could easily look and say, well, I'm tired tonight. I don't need to go to prayer, but then I go to prayer and I get refreshed in a new way. And so I just would love to be able to discuss and just talk through, man, what are some of those ways that we help stay, you know, on fire within our faith? We stay engaged with our faith even when we're tired and, and it might be a really simple conversation or we might find some just different things. I just think it's a issue that plagues us in a lot more ways than we typically expect. And so, yeah, those, those are some of my initial thoughts. Some of the things I was kind of kicking the tires on earlier today. Um, do you have some initial thoughts or that sort of a thing? Yeah, I guess for me, like when I'm thinking about that question, like I guess my first question would be, um, where is that tiredness coming from initially? Like, is it something that it's just like, it's everything all together where it's, you're just cramming your schedule busy or wow, that was grammar right there. (laughs) Cramming your schedule so much that you're just so busy all the time that you just have no rest. And so you end up being tired. Like, Like, that's really easy. You do that. That happens. You get tired when you do that. Um, You know, is it something else? Like, is it 
your job? Is it like, you know, something is happening at work? Is it how much you're serving at church? Is it, um, and by, by the way, when I'm saying these things, I'm not saying necessarily that anything, any of these things are bad. Um, I'm just saying, you know, I, my question is meant to just, we need to start by, I think when we are tired, we need to start by just identifying where it's coming from. Is it coming from us, uh, overloading ourselves? Is it coming from, you know, just what is, what, what, where is it coming from? And then from there, then we can kind of assess what to do as a believer, you know, like if it's somebody like what something we addressed in a previous podcast, like um, who's on the road towards burnout um, when it comes to serving and really just faith in general, like um, that is a very different problem than what somebody has. If they just hate what they do for a living, that's a very different problem. And I think like the way you go about that is different, but um, so I think, uh, I don't know which one, which one of those you want to start with or do you have anything to say before we jump in? Yeah. I mean, I think maybe we can even just talk in somewhat of the generality of like, mm-hmm. no matter what is causing the tiredness, the value of faith should trump the quotient of the amount of tiredness we have, no matter the. Um, source that's causing it unless let's say it's like church and things like that what do you mean the quotient of it should overwhelm it whether i've been dumb with my schedule or my family is in a terrible place Mm -hmm. i should have a similar response of dependency on my faith to go and turn to sure um i think that's kind of maybe the lens we can like walk with that a little bit is saying like hey like what are those things that no matter what we fight for so that we can stay with a, a fire even when it's the most justifiable reason to say mm-hmm. I'm done. So it seems to me that like the one of the like the problem that your question stems from is that like I feel this too and confirm whether or not you feel like this but in my life like when I'm tired one of the first things to go is like my my devo time and my prayer time and like those core you know foundational spiritual disciplines that you know found our faith and our walk with Christ and like I don't know why that is um maybe it's just that I don't have that those habits so deeply set maybe it's a heart issue um but like I think I think there's a lot of people like me where they where when they're tired and when life gets busy, that's one of the first things to go. And so, um, it seems to me like the question is then like, how do we get ourselves to the place that that is by far not the first thing to go, that it's, that it's more of a, um, not a safety net, but something we fall back onto when we're tired, not something we drop instantly. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. I think that's totally um, kind of where the question is stemming from. It's just yeah. like we end up looking and we almost say like, yeah, God, you're good when I'm good. Mm-hmm. But when I'm not, you can just kind of be on the side and thank you for your grace and mercy because they help me, right? 
Um, you know, I think one of the things, even for how I kind of like think through this, is like, let's say, I'll just use myself as an example. I uh, this is so I, I do fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we have a number of leagues I'm in right now, and it's it's August, so it's draft season for a lot of them, and all these things. So let's say for this next month, I just told Sierra, hey, uh, I got I got classes I'm in, I got work to do, I got to prep for my fantasy drafts, we got the podcast going on, I got all these things. I've booked my schedule out, and I looked and said, so for the month of August, I'm pretty tired. I really got to be able to just make it through it. So if you don't mind, I'm just not going to be around. <laughs> I'm just going to go chill. Going to do my thing. You do your thing. Do whatever. Actually, hey, I really could still benefit if you did my clothes. Could you wash the dishes? I would love it if like my office door could you just drop off a meal for me there every once in a while just to help me out a little bit. Sierra would, I, I'm pretty sure, would justifiably slap me after a week of that. She wouldn't even let it get there. She'd look at me and be like, you're joking. She'd be like, your decision does not mean that you can compromise this relationship. Mm-hmm. And that is how I think a lot of times when we start to get tired, whether it's from busyness or from justifiable issues, we look and we look to God and we say to God, hey, man, sorry, the calendar's pretty booked out. I know I said I would spend this time with you because I care about you, but really? could you just kind of help me make it through it? Cause I'm not doing the best right now. Now here's mm-hmm. the thing. God is good and he's gracious and his grace goes beyond anything we can imagine. So even when we fail and even when we neglect him, he is still good because he is God. But we are like fundamentally neglecting the relationship when we look to our faith and we say, Hey, like, like I actually hate, this is like a big thing for me. If I could write a book on it, I don't, I'd have like only a paragraph to write on it though. So I wouldn't write a book. <laughs> But this idea that, like, as Christians, we have really sacrificed spiritual care for self-care. Like, we have looked and we have said, like, yeah, take care of yourself. Like, like I know a lot of people that, like, talk as if they really care about the Sabbath. But they really just care about having a day off. And they do not care about necessarily it being, like, like, why did the Sabbath matter? Like, if you read in Deuteronomy, like, and it's kind of that repeating of the Decalogue of the Ten Commandments, that sort of a thing, it mattered because in part, yes, God rested on the seventh day in the creation narrative. That is true. But also, it is a moment of reminder that at one point, the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt and God set them free, so they are enslaved to nothing now. They are just in service to God. So, like, for us... Like, yeah, we are, we were enslaved to sin. We were enslaved to this world. And why should we take a day to honor and represent God, to receive rest? Yes, but also to realize we are a slave to nothing and we are just to serve God. We are a slave to God. If you want to put it that way, that sort of a thing and go to that drastic, like we're saying, God, we will serve and be obedient to you, but it's not an act of worship for many people. It's just an act of convenience and of nature, right? So like we look at it and we say, oh, I care about honoring God in my life and in my work and all these things. But like then we look and it's like, no, like you just wanted a healthy schedule and like by God's grace, he gave you one that kind of fit, right? So that's where I think, again, it's just like, how do we have, you know, maybe the thing really stems from then, how do we have the right motive when it comes to these things? 
Like, like, and it's looking at it saying, God, what is my motive behind being near to you? It is so that I can honor you, represent you, be refreshed, be built up. Life won't be easy, but you make it obviously a lot more easier because I'm walking with you. I'm close to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then in terms of what are things we can do, um, I don't know. I've, I'm trying to think of answers that are other than the obvious, like pray, read your Bible. Holy Spirit. Sometimes that's all you need, though. Sunday school answers. Like, there are some people I want to look at, and, like, I would love... I don't have it in here, and this is also an audio podcast, so it didn't matter. Um, I was going to grab my Bible. There are some people, they need a Bible thrown at their head. Yeah. And they just need to be told, hey, read this thing. Go read. Like, we believe... Like, and I talk about this pretty much in any message I ever preach. We believe that the Bible is the inspired written word of God that the creator of the universe who became man, who died on a cross, rose from the dead, who sends his spirit to be inside of us, that God gave us a book and you can read it with your eyes and that book can speak to you the same way it spoke to the people it was originally written to. And as you read it, you will see truths that God has to speak. Not helpful tips, not small things. You will see the truth of God spoken over your life and spoken to your life. So you have people where they look and they say, I'm a little tired. I don't want to read the Bible. You don't want to see what the living God has to say to you today. Like, like frame it like that. And it's going to be maybe a little bit harder to not pick up your Bible, right? That sort of a thing. Like praying, we believe prayer is powerful. It has impact. We believe that it changes things. So if somebody's going throughout their day and they're like, man, I'm just pretty tired. I have time to pray. Take five minutes and just say, God, I'm really freaking tired and I need your help. Could you refresh me? And God, if you like, God, could you refresh me? Cause I want to represent you well. I'm not saying this for selfish gain, but God, you are good. And it says your presence is sweet. So may I be able to rest in your sweet presence right now? Like there's some people where it's like, they're like, I don't know what to do in my life. I don't know how to follow Jesus. I want new things. It's like, read your Bible and pray. And guess what? Things will happen. Why? Cause God says things will. And like, you know, even like go to church, just show up. You don't need to sleep in. And talk to people. And talk to people. Yeah. Have community. Talk to you're not maybe, called maybe, to follow. Maybe hang out afterwards. Yeah, you're not called to follow Jesus alone. Go to lunch. The walk with Christ is not a walk. It's not a walk alone where it's just like, hey, like I can only do this on myself. It's just mm. me and Jesus. No, Jesus called you and he said, hey, guess what? Here's a whole group of people to walk with me with. Why? Because he knew it'd be hard. Why? Because he knew you'd get tired. So you have people around you that help pick you up. It makes zero sense to look and to say, hey, I'm just tired. I needed a personal day. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a little harsh right now, but it's just like, no, it's like, yeah. hey, I need a personal day. Hey, I need time to sleep in. Hey, I need time for this. How about you go to church and you sit down with a friend who follows Jesus and you say, hey, I'm tired. I'm going through some stuff Mm -hmm. and you're able to then look and you're able to say, Hey, can you pray for me? And maybe in that moment you get to be refreshed. Yeah. Also, I feel like, and I still work through this a lot, but, um, 
I feel like that we, in total as the church, have lost, like, maybe that's an unfair way to say it, but, like, I feel like the skill to just rest in God's presence is something that is undervalued in terms of devos. Oh yeah. Or maybe, maybe it's just something that's just not talked about as much where like we, I think another part of it is that when we look at spending, when people think about spending time with God or spending time in devos or spending time in prayer, they think about it as this chore in other, for lack of other words, like chore or homework where they have to go read this or they have to go pray this, but they don't just also like those things are good. Like you really should do that. Like part of a relationship is talking to somebody and having them talk back to you, which guess what is what you're doing and when, when you're praying and reading God's word. Yeah. Um, but you also need to take time and listen and rest in, uh, rest in God's word. And I think that, and, and in the spirit stuff and, I think in prayer, in terms of prayer, like it's like prayer, especially where it's literally just us talking and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, like there's gotta be a moment where we let God speak. Totally. You know? And like, I feel like, I don't know. I like, I'm not like me and my wife, we've been together for close to five years now, if I'm including dating. So I know. Aw. And like, we're having a baby. Like, potentially, like, fun fact, August 6th was like the first day we went to coffee. And so our due date is like, not on August 6th, but like, who knows? It could happen. You never know. You never know. Anyway, but like, so I'm not trying to say I am by no means like an expert on healthy marriages. Like, it's obvious, like, it's something that we're still working on and are going to be working on for a long time. Like, uh, but I feel like a good, healthy relationship is one that's okay with silence. Yeah. And just sitting together and just spending time together. And so, like, I think, um, I think, so all this is a roundabout way to say, I think another reason why people don't feel rested when they're, in devos and praying because they're spending too much time viewing it as a chore and not just sitting and listening and resting in God's word and asking God, I need rest. Help totally. me to rest in you. Uh, Jesus calling is a fantastic book for if you need to do that. Well, like there's a lot of people I think too, like they go to God and they ask God for things. They don't actually wait to see what God would do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, might go to God and might be like, Hey God, like I need, I've been really down lately. I need some joy. And that, that's not me trying to at all say that people who end up having counseling or having help for things like with depression, things like that, I'm not saying those are bad things. But I think there's people where it might be like at lesser levels where they're looking and they're just saying, hey God, I'm, I'm pretty down lately. I need some help. They don't necessarily give God the time to actually meet them in that and to bring joy about. You know, maybe it's somebody who's tired and they go to God and they say, God, like I'm just tired. But then like they look and they just are like, cool, so now I'm going to go do all my self-help things that I want to do. And they're not actually giving God the time to like refresh them in their in his presence, things like that. Like we have such a low threshold when it comes to waiting on God. Like we're like, well, I sat there for two minutes. I sat there for five minutes. I sat there for 30 minutes. Cool. That's like, 
You wait in a longer line to get Chick-fil-A. Yeah. How long did God wait for you to come to faith? Ooh, bro. Like, like. I wonder how tired he Even was for me, crap. like, he, wa- <laughs> he waited, like, 16 years. Yeah. You know? That's, like, math. Uh, I don't even know. That's not, but that's not a long time for him. But, like, still, like, we can't wait more than five minutes. Totally. And that's where, again, I just think, like, when it comes Social to... Media. When it comes to being tired, we have to figure out those things. One, like, it's important. We could talk a whole lot about, like, figure out what makes you tired and don't do those things and things like that. But also, like, there's an amount of, like, if I I am such a bad person when it comes to this because I just have some, like, simple ethics I live by. And so, like, one of my, like, most simple ethics is, like, if it matters, it matters and you'll show it matters because you'll value it. So, like... If you say your walk with God matters, you will just do the crud that you need to do to show it matters. Like you will go to church. You will worship. You will pray for others. You will take time to pray. You will read the Bible and value the Bible. Like you will talk to people about your faith when you're able to. Like there's just things where it's like, hey, if it matters, it just has to matter. And that matters whether you are on cloud nine or you're just starting to get really tired and you look and you're like, man, life's just really catching up to me right now. Like it's realizing the purpose behind it. And I think that's the thing for a lot of people. Like what is the purpose of our walk with God? It is not for you just to be blessed and feel highly favored. Mm-hmm. It is not just for you to feel like life is easy and life is going good. It is the fact that a creator God who chose relationship with you looked and said, I want to have life with you. I want to do life with you. And they looked and said, even though you are a pile of crap, I choose you and I want to do life with you. Yeah. It's a very stark way to word that. I would probably preach it that way. But like he looked and he said, I love you. I treasure you. I value you. And he helped us to realize like the diamond in the rough that we are Mm -hmm. and that he sees us and he values us. And like, that is why, like, no matter how tired you are, guess what? That God deserves us to remain close. And when we remain close, guess what it says? It says he will refresh us. He'll meet us there. He'll be there for us. Like, he says he doesn't take his eyes off of the righteous. Like, when we live to honor God. He is there with us. He's walking with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, um, yeah, I think we just also need to rest. I, I think there's times where we... Um, I don't know where we, we, we try to, when we're asking God for rest and when we're asking God for peace, that means to us that that manifests itself in our circumstances. Yeah. And that like, that that means we'll see change in what's going on in our lives. But like, I I don't think there's any Psalms written about like, I don't know where he's finding rest in that. Like he's like, he's praising God for who God is and how good God is, you know, like he's being real about his situations. David is. And, and the other, the other single writer of the Psalms. I don't remember how many other writers of the Psalms are, but for my primarily David is there five anyway, but they're real about their life and they, and they tell God about it. But at the same time, when they're finding rest in God, they're not like, like when they're writing about that, it's not, oh yeah, I rest in God and this happened in my life. It's 
God, you're so good. Yeah. Thank you for what you've done for me already. Yeah. And like, if you are somebody that holds like weight in your or puts weight in your life and how do you say that? Shoot. Um, puts value in your faith. Uh, no. Um, uh, how do you say that? Shoot. Uh, like if you are somebody that puts your eggs all in the basket of how your life looks, mm. like the world's just so inconsistent and it's so like, like the world is the worst thing to put your faith into. Like yeah. honestly, it just, cause it's just so inconsistent and life happens. And like, um, but if you put all your eggs in the basket that is God and God's goodness, that won't ever fail. Yeah. Like throughout the whole Bible, it's, all examples, like not all the examples, most of the examples are not like that. Oh yeah. Like the best thing happened in the end. Like it's a story of the imperfectness of humans and God's goodness throughout, throughout that. And God's consistency throughout consistency throughout that and yeah. faithfulness. Like, so if we try to put our faith in our circumstances, like we're going to be disappointed. Totally. And we're going to get tired of it because it sucks. Yep. And it does. And when we're willing to turn to other sources in our weaker moments, they end up just becoming the things we always turn to. Well, like, yeah, which creates problems in and of itself. Totally. Like, that's where you end up looking. You have people who say, hey, I'm tired. I have this going on, whatever it may be. And they end up looking and they end up saying, like, well, I'm not going to turn to faith. I'm not going to turn to God. I'm going to actually cut some things out of my life that revolve around my faith. And then they wonder why, like, down the road, it's like, wow, I feel kind of lost. Like, I don't feel like God's near. And now there's other reasons that might happen. I'm not saying that that's yeah. the only reason somebody might yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. God's distant. But it's like, why is God distant? Like, you created distance. So why wouldn't he? Like, again, like, going back to the silly example of, like, you know, me and Sierra and that sort of a thing. Like, if I looked at her and, like, over all this time, I was like, hey, I'm going to go do all these things. And, like, you know, if you can make me my food, though, and wash my laundry, like, that'd be great. Like, that's, like, looking at God and saying, like, hey, God, like, if you can still protect me, keep me healthy. Uh, and, you know, I'd love a raise at work. That one really matters. So I'll pray about that still, even though I'm a little tired. Uh, would you be able to help me do those things? That'd be awesome. But, like, other than that, like... I'm kind of just taking like a vacation for a while. Like it's such a odd view because then we might look and say, God, where have you been? I, I showed up to the house and I was really confused. You weren't there. And it's like, well, you showed you didn't want them there. And like, it takes you then looking and like God is, God is so perplexing because he receives us back so quickly because he looks and he says, although you are not good, I am good. Although you are unfaithful, I am faithful. But like, so we look and it like, it takes you the looking and saying, Hey God, I'm sorry. I was distant. I'm sorry that in my time of weakness, I turned to something else. Like even again, think of like within a, a marriage, within a, you know, a marriage relationship. If you had it where a spouse was tired at the end of themselves, that sort of a thing, and they turned to something or someone other than their spouse for relief and reprieve and that sort of a thing, that would just be such a moment of heartbreak of like, ah, oh, you didn't think I could be there for you. And like that again is like what we are doing to God when we look to God and we say, hey, God, 
life's just a little busy right now. You're kind of the you're like the you're the you're the cherry on top of the Sunday, but right now I just need a little bit more structure. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, like he's the only sustaining thing in our lives. Like he is not the excess. He is the like foundation that anything can be built upon. And like we treat him so often as like the, hey, when my life's going really, really good, I can add you in type of a thing. We go there to, we, we do do that. But I feel like, at least for me, like, um, I think the hardest part where I struggle with this the most is one, when everything's like, uh, is not when everything's great. Yes, I'm worshiping God when everything's great. When everything's really bad, I do find that I do turn to him, but it's yeah. more of like a rebound relationship. Yeah, it's like, hey, I hit rock bottom. Yeah, and like the side, like the, the side m- person wasn't really interested anymore. <laughs> the most dangerous spot for me is the the middle, where yeah. it's like you're not like in the best of times, you're not in the worst of times, like everything's just kind of meh, and like I don't know, it's it's. It's a it's a tricky balance to hit because I don't you know I I want in my life I want him to be the thing that's like remains consistent. Well, that's where I do think all. like that rhythm, that routine, it matters. Yeah. Um, but like, I do think there is a phase, especially if you're starting out. Like there is kind of like I I'm not a person who works out. I I, I did at one point in time, but like. <laughs> But like there, there's a there's a hump you have to get over, you know, where it's like you kind of have to get yourself to the point where it is a habit. Like totally. a habit's not a habit unless it actually is like habitual, and like so you have to get yourself to that point, and there is a hump, and I feel like most people don't make it over the hump. Well, that's where you just have to like even look and just seize the opportunity of like. I'm going to set like the standard of like non-negotiables and within faith, we play so nice with each other, especially as like fellow believers. I think that we end up looking and almost saying like, well, do this, find what works for you, find your thing, that kind of a deal. Like, and it's like, no, how about, how about there are some tried and true things, just do them. And if you just do them, you're going to see stuff happen. And they might not be the most ideal at times, but it's going to help ingrain things. Like, like uh, for me and Sierra, one of my wedding vows, which I, I took, what I said in our vows, I was like, these are things I want to make sure we have, make sure that we're doing. One of them was like, we're going to pray. I, I literally said, every single night I will pray with you. And it was because I was like, in our marriage, I want to make sure it's marked by prayer, right? So that's between us and it's also then looking to God and saying, this is a relationship that also has you in it. It's a non-negotiable within that relationship mm-hmm. that we pray. In our marriage, we've been married now four years. Um, this is in our fifth year. And uh, the pause was trying to make sure it wasn't already five. Um, so I was shooting over, not under. Um, but in that time, we've maybe missed six nights of praying because maybe we fell asleep early. And, like, if we do, we pray in the morning. And, like, it just became a non-negotiable for our faith. And there has been some times where it's like, I don't really want to pray right now. But it's like, no, we're going to pray right now. 
And it helps us keep us grounded, right? And I think in the same way within just our general walks with God, it's looking at it saying, hey, like we're not trying to be legalistic, but there's some tried and true things that work, that help there to be proximity, that help us to be in those points and be in those places. And a part of that too is us as fellow believers with those who are feeling tired, I think helping speak more to the reality of what God's doing in our lives when we're doing those things. You know, and looking and being like, hey, you know, I... Hey, I read my Bible at this time every day and God was speaking this to me the other day in the word. And they might look and say, I don't feel like God speaks to me like that. It's like, hey, like this is this is how I engage with the Bible. I feel like I'd love to encourage you to do so. And they're able to see someone that's had that and it helps inspire that, right? Whether it's with prayer, all these things. And like we can just talk more through it and it helps somebody look and say, wow, that person, they live a busy and hectic life, but they know God really, really well. And I want to be in the same thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I do think also that like, um, how do you say it? Uh, I also think you're not going to get a revelation every single morning. I just totally at fine. the same time. Yeah, which is totally fine. But like, um, yeah, for me that goes back into like the um making sure we're prioritizing resting in His presence as well. Totally. That like, yeah. Well, it's like something that we got to do at camp this year, which we're kind of bringing back with us for certain segments and sections within True Life is uh, this idea of like four by five. And it's just like, it's a it's an alteration. It's a little bit different of an emphasis from like soap reading, but it's four or five minute segments. So it's five minutes of reading scripture, five minutes, and you pick like a maybe five to 20 verse segment. And so you read it, you read it over and over and over again. They take five minutes to pray. You're asking God, speak to me. God, what would you want to say? You maybe pray through the verse, that kind of a thing. Five minutes of silence. Mm-hmm. You're just listening. And then five minutes of sharing with those around you, kind of what you heard, what was there. Maybe if you had a journal, you would maybe start journaling at that point, that kind of a thing. And it just creates this environment of like, God, I'm going to read your word and see what you say there. I'm going to talk to you about what I'm hearing. I'm going to listen to hear any response you have. And then I'm going to talk about, you know, the conversation that just took place. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's just such an easy tool where you look and you're just like, Hey, like I, I really appreciate tools like soap, you know, scripture, observation, yeah. application, prayer. Um, it's, it's a thing you can kind of walk through, but I do think that it creates this odd dichotomy where it's like observation, application, not every verse is going to apply to you and that's okay. Yeah. But God can still speak through something that doesn't apply to you. Like I can read through um, right now. I'm doing a class on Deuteronomy. That's why I keep bringing it up. But like I can read through Deuteronomy, and I could look, and I could be able to say, "Hey, like I don't relate with the Israelites going off to war, but God, I can see how you were faithful in their war, and I could see how you were faithful in the battle, and you were faithful as they stepped out, and you were faithful to those." Um, who had felt oppressed and things like that. And like that can speak to me. But if I just look and say, how does this apply to my life? I don't really know. How, like I can give a Sunday school answer about it, but I can still look though and see how God is faithful at least mm-hmm. um, in a deeper way. And so, yeah. Do you have any other thoughts? Mm. I would say... Um the only other thought I really have is just like um, that when you do pray to if you are not in the spot where when you're in that middle, when life is just kind of meh, 
especially like if you're at the spot and you're honest with yourself and your natural response would not be to fall back on scripture would not be to fall back on prayer. Um, I would say beyond just like having non-negotiable habits, pray for a heart change and pray for not just a heart change, but like that God change what my needs are. Cause obviously right now, this is not something I feel a need for. This is not something I feel a desire for. And being in that spot is okay. And is very real. Like, it's like, if you're in that spot, like realistically, probably most people are like, um, pray about it. Like, and also if you're somebody that hasn't ever, um, had a consistent Devo life at all, or hasn't ever really consistently, um, spent time with God realistically, like, um, I would challenge you. Like you're, if you're that person, like you realistically haven't ever seen benefit from it because you haven't really ever done it. Yeah. Um, and so when you hear, like I'm somebody who's been in the spot where like you hear people talk about the value of devotionals and value of spending time with God and value of praying. Um, it's hard to see the value in it when you haven't ever in your own life anyway. You can, totally. you can see it in others. What I would just encourage you is just like challenge God in it and yep. just be like, Hey, just give it a go. Yep. Just like say, okay, I'm going to try it for whatever, two weeks, three weeks, however long I'd say, I'd say give it at least a couple weeks. Yeah. I would say give it some time. Uh, and like, also like it doesn't need to be long. Yeah. Like I, I heard, I forget what book it was. I'm forgetting now. Um, where the the author was talking about devotionals and he was like, just commit 15 minutes. Don't do any less and don't do any more. When you hit 15, just stop, which I thought was a little odd. And I still think is a little odd, but I do get what he's trying to get at. Like do what's sustainable and do what you will repeat. Totally. And like, if that means that you don't go past 15 minutes and that's what right now where you are in your walk, that you're going to be able to keep doing that for however many weeks you're doing that challenge. Um, do that. Yep. You know, that's, that's, I'd say that's what are my closing thoughts. Yeah. That's great. Um, so on that note, everybody, we just want to encourage you. Hey, there's a reality that life can be tiring. There's a times that life can kind of catch up to us and, It can make us have to lay some things down. But as people who are wanting to follow Jesus well, just want to encourage you, do not let faith be one of those things. Let Jesus be the rock that you're truly standing on. And there might be other things that might feel more inconvenient that you have to set aside. But let your faith be the thing that you still look and say, no matter how tired, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to stand on this rock. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to press in. I'm going to trust that my God is going to meet me in the midst of my tiredness not that I have to get separation from God to be able to be refreshed. Because if you turn to something else in the midst of tiredness, you will turn to something else in the midst of brokenness. And so 
With that being said, y'all, we appreciate you guys so much for checking this out. If you guys are listening on Apple or Spotify, because those are the two options you've got, uh, rate and review it for us. That'd be sweet. If you guys know a friend maybe who could benefit from this, uh, not who is necessarily tired being like the passive friend, but you know somebody who would benefit from this conversation, I just want to encourage you guys to share it with them, send it over to them, send them a text message. Follow us on Instagram, DM us any thoughts you have, any conversations you want us to be able to have. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So thank you guys so much for listening, checking this out. My name is Caleb. And my name is Parker. And we will see you guys next week. See y'all.